After a traumatic head injury, Annie Prophet was left with amnesia and no memories of her past. Eventually, her husband located her and brought her home to recover in a familiar setting amongst their four children. But her name wasn't Annie, and this wasn't her family. The deception was in fact part of an elaborate revenge scheme by a disgruntled former employee, the man now pretending to be her husband. Today on the podcast, Dean Prophet. No, I don't know. I don't know any of this, and I don't know you. Welcome to Absolutely True True Crime, a deadly serious podcast. Uh, as always, I'm Claire, and I'm joined by my true true crime uh, aficionados. It's Brad and Tammy, guys. Hey, Brad and Tammy. Hey. For a second, I thought you forgot who we were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. We only record like once a month, so sometimes I do forget. And I'm like, who are wow. these people I record with? Oh, wow. That's you might rude. say I had uh, I had amnesia. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, th- thanks for that lead-in, Claire, of uh, about this case that we're going to talk about today. We're gonna, I guess, start with with uh, the victim. We'll do that. We'll start with the victim, Joanna yeah. Staten. So Joanna is a wealthy heiress. Uh, she has uh, always lived a lavish lifestyle. Has we don't know where she got her money from. I couldn't find any information on that. I don't know if you guys could. No, I, you know, since her mother was also wealthy, I just thought it was kind of like money that's just been in the family the forever. old money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just coagulated wealth. Yeah, yeah. Um, but she, yeah, she's, she's done all kinds of things. She's seen all, she's traveled all over the world. She's been to Paris. She speaks French. Um, and she's married to Grant Staten III. Mm-hmm. Um, he seems like a real winner. Uh, he <laughs> he is uh, not necessarily from money, but I'm sure he has some of his own. But definitely they live off of Joanna's money. Pretty much after they got married as well, they lived on a yacht. That's how wealthy yes. they were. They just no. travel around on their yacht. I feel like if I were wealthy, that's not what I would do, but... Oh, you wouldn't hang out on a yacht in uh, Elk Cove, Oregon? Yeah. Well, my understanding is that they were in Elk Cove, Oregon, I guess, to get their yacht repaired. So I don't know what I I don't I couldn't find out what happened to their yacht or why they were going through Oregon to get their yacht repaired. I don't feel like that is the place like you go when you have yacht issues. Now, who knows more about yacht repair than the the, uh, citizens of rural Elk Grove, Oregon? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like, like, if you have a fishing boat, you're going to Elk Cove. Yeah. But if not, then (laughs) why are you there? I I haven't looked it up, but I'm pretty sure Elk Grove, Oregon is one of the many, 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 uh, uh, like, white nationalist hotspots of, like, white trash in Oregon. Ooh. Maybe that's why they were going there. Oof. Could be. Yeah. So they... But anyway, they're they're there um, on their yacht. They have servants. They have a, a butler, Andrew. They have chefs. Like you would three think three chefs. Yeah, I mean, you'd think that like they would just have someone that travels with them to repair their yacht. Like if they have issues, you know, they just maybe dock somewhere and mm. and they have someone to repair it. But um, 
while they're there, and it sounds like they're going to be there for a couple days, uh, Joanna decides she wants to redo her closet space in the yacht. And she was, at this point, she was not um, a very popular person with the um, the staff, the very staff. Yeah, well, she was known to, to not be the nicest person. Yeah. Now, that that's something, if I had a lot of money, I also would just really be a bitch. <laughs> like, just really... <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so, so for that I'm like alright Joanna I see you <laughs> so that's <laughs> but uh yeah so she she's not very nice but it doesn't matter all these people live on the yacht with her that's their job they just put up with it so she goes and she hires a um a carpenter to come and redo her her whole kind of like closet. She wants, oh, yeah. she wants a shoe rack put in. She wants drawers put in. It, her closet, um, at least in the documentary and from the before and after pictures of her closet, uh, it was kind of a mess. I'm not sure, like, what kind of fancy ass yacht you have with such a mess of a closet, but mm. there really was not a lot of space. So she just needed something to like fix her closet. So she hires this, this guy that she hired as well. I should say he was known locally as like a, a, a local carpenter and inventor, which I'm always like, if someone calls themselves an inventor, I don't know. I'm suspicious of them already. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Cause they've definitely made a pipe bomb or three. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So um, this is when Dean Prophet meets Joanna Grant and all of the staff. He comes in as the carpenter to do the repairs to her closet. Um, and according to the, uh, I guess her staff as well as Joanna herself had stated that, you know, he kind of was lazy, but I mean, he got the job done, but there were just a lot of breaks and he would kind of eavesdrop on conversations and he was uh, a creep. Let's yeah. just mm-hmm. say that. He was I mean, really a creep. <laughs> if, if you just look at the, the ring out he's wearing, you're already aware he's a creep because he's wearing uh, what could be loosely described as I am possibly a tank top. But really, I, I not at all. No, it's it's. There's it's, a lot of nipples on display. I'm just saying. It's really just a collar with an adornment. Um, yes. It's yeah. It's a very upsetting shirt, and I think uh, that should be. I, th- that's a firing offense day one. If you show up in that outfit, I no, you're not getting paid. Yeah. I- he also was known to do things like wear overalls, like coveralls down with a denim shirt. Like the guy is just, fashion was definitely not key for him. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, uh, but supposedly like, like Claire said, he was known locally as a, a carpenter. A lot of people knew him, which is how he got hired by Joanna. And when he came in, he did do an amazing job. If you, you know, notice the after pictures of what he was able to do in her in closet. two days as well. On in his two own. days. Yeah. And really make some space for her. Um, and made a revolving shelving unit for her for all of her shoes. That creates like double the space of what she had before. Mm. Um, however, uh, Joanna was not happy with his work because he made it out of oak instead of cedar. What are your thoughts on that, guys? Apparently it's like a faux pas to have a, 
a, a closet, according to this documentary, like, out of oak instead of cedar, like, closets are always cedar. And I have no idea, because my closets have always come from Ikea, and I think they're oak or cedar, so <laughs> I have no clue your, about your this. Your closets are plastic, so it's good My closets good are stuff. plastic or chipboard, so, you know. <laughs> um, I have I no... Mean, I, I think everything, everything should be made of cedar. Uh, I, I agree. <laughs> but, like, I think you also should clarify that... Also, she was in and out of there all the time. Did she not notice that it wasn't cedar? Yeah, because yeah. those are two very different pieces of wood. <laughs> yeah. It's a very yeah. light oak at that. Yeah. 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 So. I'm amazed that he managed to, like... Because he did this in two days, as we said. He got all the parts. He did everything in two days, like, including getting the part like and the actual wood itself. Um, kind of amazed yeah. me. And you're right, like... I would have thought that she would have had to have signed off that it, like to come up with the 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 cost that he was going to charge her he would have had to like have been like right well it's going to be this wood it's going to be this oak and this is how much it would cost and then she would notice then but I mean, so that is, I think ahead. he's already overcharging her because I'm pretty sure that's pine um yeah yes, it doesn't yes. look like oak to me at all no uh also I do I did note that there is nowhere in either of her recollection of events, um, which we do know she had amnesia, but her memory did come back, but her recollection of events or any documentation that um, Dean Prophet was able to provide, there was no contract between the two of them. So mm-hmm. that's why there was no discussion about what kind of wood to use. Um, you know, there was no timing time frame around it other than she just wanted it done as soon as possible. Uh-huh. So, you know, so so really, that whole thing on both of their ends uh, was was pretty bad because uh, what we do know is she ended up not paying for her for the work because he used oak, aka pine, instead of cedar. And he really had no true recourse because he also did not have any kind of contract mm-hmm. with her. What we're saying is always get a contract. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Especially if you're going to have someone like in your in your place for a couple days working on things like you need to know who those people are. Were they licensed? Did she see it? I mean, you know, I as someone who is that wealthy, you would think she would have known better of of how to hire people. Well, also, mm. why why is she directly hiring and, and dealing with all this? you think she would have an assistant that would, yeah. you know, be taking care of this sort of thing. Like Andrew yeah. the butler. Yeah. Yeah. I, and it is weird, because she does ask Andrew for a lot of things, so she, you would think she would have had him do this. I mean, she did try and get Grant to do it for her, but he told her that um, she was on her own, so... He would not help her with this. Real gentleman. Real stand-up mm. guy, that Grant. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and I did look up, so in 1987, she was supposed to pay him $600. That would be roughly $1,350 now. Yeah. That still doesn't seem like... If it was oak, that doesn't seem like enough money. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so either. Seems I it's got moving mechanisms and all sorts in it, this thing. And two days. It only yeah. took him two days. Like, for the time yeah. and the time alone, you know, like, the fact that it was a rush job, like, usually that would be a premium charge. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, 
Yeah, the fact that she didn't pay him at all, I think, was sketchy. But again, she had no agreement with him. Yeah. Uh, everyone's at fault here. Everyone's yes. at fault. And yeah. everyone's a monster. And he's definitely lying about the wood. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, anyway, during that time, by the way, him being a creep, he does see a birthmark on Joanna, like, right above her like lower back we'll say to be polite uh, <laughs> where it was her low low back um and he, just because she's sunbathing and she's out in her own property walking around so oh, he's just grossly looking at her they go to the police to get him she throws him off the boat actually throws him uh over overboard and mm-hmm. throws all of his things, um, which again, maybe he couldn't have got her to pay for um, the work that was produced. But I feel like if he lost any of his equipment by her throwing it off, I would yeah. think he could have gone yeah. to the police about that. Yeah, Absolutely. you would think he would have a case. Yeah, um, because she, uh, word on the street is what he he says that he did lose some of his equipment. We just don't know what pieces. Um, so. He goes on with his life. Of course, he's pissed about it. Um, so let's talk a little bit about uh, Dean Prophet. Dean Prophet is from Elk Cove, Oregon, and he has lived there his whole life. He has four children. His um, wife died, I think, three years before. So, yeah. you know, 1984, we're looking at roughly. Yes. And so his youngest one um, had to be only like maybe two or three, right? Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Yeah. So his youngest one had to be like two or three and his oldest one was 10 at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he has a set of twin boys uh, in the middle there. And yeah, his wife died. He had picked up the kids and just moved to a a new house. Um, So single dad raising four kids and really not making ends meet and at the same time uh like claire you had mentioned he claimed to be an inventor so his next uh idea was to create a golf course a mini golf course yeah so he's also how they're gonna make money off this investment this golf course we'll talk about it later (laughs) yeah yeah um, so, so he was in a rough spot. He also was having problems because I guess where they moved, they had, the kids were starting a new school. And so the principal had come over for a home visit, which locally that's not, especially now, like that's not a thing, but I do, I have heard that in other places where principals will go do home visits Whoa. for new students. Mm-hmm. Whoa. And su- yeah. it's surprise home visits. Surprise Whoa. home visits. What the hell? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's no good. Like, stay out of my home. Yeah. 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 I mean, they can't force their way, obviously, into your home, but... Yeah, but don't, go don't show up. <laughs> don't show up. I don't want you on my doorstep. Yeah. Wow. Um, but it's specifically for reasons like what happened in this case, where the principal shows up while Dean is working. The four kids are home alone and um, actually almost injuring themselves and others. And so uh, her concern is that there's nobody there to guide the kids or take care of them, really. And so she is going to be forced to call um, 
social services. Children, yeah, social services, child protective services on him if he doesn't fix the situation. Yeah, because by all, by all things we hear, they these children were kind of, there was no discipline in place. There was neglect, correct. There was a lot of neglect, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, because children from the ages of, I think, like I said, I believe the youngest one was either five or six and the oldest 13, four, four kids together. That's, that's like a gang. That's a gang of children, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, they're, they're not really able to care for themselves. And when you've seen images, I, I'm sure you guys, you know, as we watch the documentary, but also, you know, still photos of the before uh, Joanna entered into that house and the after is remarkably different on the inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, that house was really disgusting, um, dilapidated, things just falling apart. For someone who's a carpenter, you'd think he would have fixed the place up a little bit, but yeah. Yeah, so it just it makes me question. Well, they also say they haven't been living. Carpenters. They haven't been. They they've just moved in. So I mean, like yeah. they bought they bought a hoarder shack. Yeah. yeah, and and I know we they, and I'm I'm sure he doesn't talk about it because it was hard. But Dean doesn't go into a lot of detail, and I couldn't find documentation on. Um, did they purposely sell their last home after the wi- the wife had died? Um, or did they lose the home because he really uh, did not see he, he worked two jobs being a carpenter was almost like a it seemed like a part-time job most of the time and then we well, also, also worked, worked nights at as nights. well didn't they mm-hmm. yeah, yeah so I, I just wonder if he re- they really lost their home and this is all they could afford possibly yeah because he, yeah. yeah he was you know he was worked to forced to work nights at this point as well mm-hmm. uh, around this time um, we don't really know much about like w- when the wife passed away. If it was like a long illness, so maybe there were medical bills, and you know, oh, this was all true, they yeah. could afford. Yeah, we don't know. Yeah, um, I you know the the only thing that I could say on behalf of Dean and especially the kids is, I mean, I can't imagine the kids having lost their mom and then having to grow up, you know, probably pretty fast after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I would imagine that there was probably some um, depression there uh, after the wife passed and kind of that, that hopelessness of not knowing what to do with these four kids. We know the youngest one as well. There was definitely some some stuff going on with the youngest kid. Yeah. Because it's almost like the youngest kid wanted to distance himself, you know, to almost, uh, you know, escape, I think, from the life. And he did that by apparently... Um, pretending that he was Pee Wee Herman. Yeah, yeah, and also that's uh, the youngest Joey. Yeah, and then the the thing with that too is, um, and this is part of what the principal was probably she hadn't determined yet because they were still supposed to take a standardized test. Um, but she would have learned that the youngest also never really learned to read, and he's yeah. you know five six years old. He definitely should have been reading a little bit by then, at least. Mm-hmm. So, just a, uh, a sad situation. Um, but, <laughs> let's go ahead and jump into the crime now. <laughs> because, okay. as sad as Dean Prophet's life is, with the crime, um, the crime is kidnapping. And that's, you know, yeah. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna defend it later on, but uh, <laughs> we're... <laughs> right now funny. we're just talking just talking about the case in general it's it's a little rough so um joanna falls off the boat 
the yacht at in the middle of the night. She's reaching for her rings. She's wearing heels, of course, little bed slippers. And um, she falls off of the yacht. Um, nobody notices that she fell off. So they left her in the water. She gets taken up by the waste management company the, le- the next day. And she has amnesia. Mm-hmm. Which they don't know if it happened because she hit her head on the when the, the boat picked her up. Or it was because of the cold water. I didn't know that you could get amnesia from cold water. You definitely can't. You definitely cannot. (laughs) Yeah. I get a lot of questions about the, the, also the medical staff in uh, this town. Oh, definitely. This town, yeah. Yeah, they've got a lot to answer for. Yeah. I mean, the the crime is terrible, but honestly, it may have been worse if they kept her locked away in that (laughs) that medical facility. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so yeah, so that medical facility she was at was, it was, it looked like, like on the documentary, at least it looked like a makeshift hospital. It was like some like podunk little town with the littlest, tiniest hospital and also attached to it was a psych ward. Mm -hmm. But also like the regular units have a two, have a a one way mirror. Yeah. Yeah. Not even the psych units. That was very strange. Yeah. So they can, so you can just like creep on patients yeah maybe they hired dean to as the local carpenter to put those <laughs> in. makes sense there we go uh, <laughs> uh so yeah so she's there she does not remember anything of, like she doesn't remember her name or anything um and she is making the medical staff miserable just like she makes uh her regular staff at home miserable <laughs> Um, and the relationship between her and Grant before this happened was not great. Uh, there was definitely some marital issues. Issues, obviously. Yeah, he, he he wanted to have children. She did not. Yeah, yeah, she was very opposed to having children um, mm-hmm. because I think she, um, you know, she figured that then she wouldn't be. Yeah, she'd have to put someone kind of before herself. Also, would you want to have kids with Grant? Ugh. No. God. Well. Yeah. yeah, Grant so, seems like the worst from this documentary. Yeah, and so so one of the things that Grant um and and this is again this is all documented. This is not just part of the documentary. This is like he showed up at the hospital to come see if that was his wife because she had a, her face had been all over the news. Uh, their local radio station and TV station KRAB. Um, had her listed there as a missing person, like with amnesia. So if someone knew who she was, please contact the hospital. So uh, Grant saw her on the news and went to go see her and uh, just decided to leave her there. Mm, What a prince. Yeah. And so um, the other person that saw her on the news was Dean Prophet. Yeah. Now has Uh, a way of... uh getting his revenge i guess yeah so he was still of course mad this this all had happened the day before when she threw him off the boat um so he had a way of making her quote unquote pay for what she did so he was going to go the his plan that he told his uh best friend um billy was that he was gonna go pick her up say that that was his wife and make her work off the debt she owed him. I have no idea. Like a criminal mastermind, he is not. Because I have no idea what his plan was for 
when once she'd worked off this like what was his plan eventually like, was he question. just going to be like to to divorce her like to be like hey I want to split it up like yeah I don't know what I his mean, plan was also like none of so what he tells Billy and um yeah he he even wrote it down like on a little napkin was okay he figures if he were to you know she were to work off her debt like a slave um <laughs> It would be $25 a day, and he says that would be a little over a month, which is not. his. It was $600 at $25 a day is only 24 days. So... Plus uh, tools. I guess. I guess. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Let's see. So let's say... Let's let's call that 45 days. And I mean, she was was in that house for at least two months. Oh, at least, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so even if, if we say a month and a half, so he's going to, a little over a month, a month and a half, that's $1,125. <laughs> he was going to double what she uh, actually owed him. So that was his plan. So he goes, and he goes to the hospital, and because everyone uh didn't seem to like her. They really wanted her to just find her home and get the hell out of the hospital because they were just so wonderful medical staff employees. Are the medical worst, staff. apparently. Yeah. Apparently, in this town, uh, they employ the worst medical staff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he goes. He says that that's his wife. He uh, says her name is Annie, and uh, sh- she doesn't believe it. And he remembers the birthmark that he saw when she was walking around the yacht. So he says what it is and where it is. She goes and looks. And so even though, because she can't remember, she has to trust this person who came in and knew so much about her. Mm-hmm. It's really sad. Apparently that's enough to let, you know, for someone to be released into your custody is just turn up and go, hey, I know they have a birthmark. birthmark <laughs> and believe me, they're my wife. Okay, then. <laughs> Yeah, that's worrying. Yeah. It's terrifying. <laughs> Many people know that I have tattoos. Now I'm worried that I'm going to end up in this situation. Well, just don't go into cold water, Claire. Then you'll yeah. be fine. <laughs> Claire, yeah, while you're in gonna... Florida, stay out of the water. <laughs> stay out of the cold water. I don't want to get amnesia. <laughs> oh, I know. that. That's Claire. That, she's my maid. <laughs> she's got a tattoo on her back of an owl. Well, I guess here's your maid back. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Grant and Joanna end up living two very different lives over the next two months. Grant continues to live on the lot on the yacht, spend Joanna's money, has uh, women in and out of all time at all times. He has. Oh, really? Yeah, throws lavish parties. Uh, I mean, one of the women he's with is named Tofuti. I mean, I, he on, openly Grant. says at some point that that they are uh, sex workers. Yes, yeah, yeah. He's just he's paying for everyone to be there, but using Joanna's money. Yeah. Um, and you know the the staff, of course, is kept on at the time. Then you have poor Joanna, who now has to go by the name Annie because she doesn't know any better. She goes home. She meets four children who, of course, Dean says are hers. And he's got them in on this scheme by now as well. He's basically said, 
heads up kids this is what's gonna happen I'm gonna bring this lady yes. home this is your mum like these poor kids they lost their real mum like not that long before you know yeah yep yeah so so they they have to be in on it and he gives her chores every day to do because he says that's what she always did so everything that she he wants her to do he just tells her well this is what you always did which uh, you know i i believe and i i am not um I, I don't know a lot about amnesia, <laughs> but I feel like there are things like it's more like actual memories you don't remember. And yeah. it might be like who you are, but there are things like, OK, if you knew how to cook before, it's not like you don't know how to cook mm. now. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's it's there's thing you know, if you could yeah. do if you're really good at math, you're probably still really good at math. Like it's not like those aren't kind of things that you forget. It's actual memories of events or people that are typically what's affected i think i'm sure i could be wrong yeah there's things like if certain parts of the brain are affected that things can happen like that's that's if the language parts of the brain are affected you can develop a different accent or you could uh have trouble speaking but usually it's that you know you, you know that stuff so i think you're right is that it is it's just that the brain has problems accessing memories Yes, because he um, has her cook, and as someone who never had to cook a day in her life, has no clue what she's doing. Yeah, this cooking and, made me very upset, watching someone put a full chicken into a pot, feet included, yeah, beak, everything. Yeah. <laughs> and also, he basically makes fun of her. Um, you know, this is like day one from her being home out of a hospital. Yeah. And makes fun of her for not, you know, like, turning this old ass oven on correctly it's like she's oh. still suffering from a severe head injury brain damage yeah. yeah 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 so yeah there's just a lot of things that she doesn't know how to do and i'm thinking that's not amnesia like that's just him being an asshole <laughs> so there's that um she but after two months time uh she she does you know kind of she learns how to cook she learns how to clean she cleans that place incredibly like yeah. for, for what they have yeah honestly guys go look at the before and after pictures because they're amazing it is yeah. it is hugely upsetting i mean you think she would realize when she first steps in there wait i've only been missing for how long and i had daily chores what did i do yeah yeah because there's cobwebs everywhere. Oh. Yeah. And we and again, we don't know anything about his first wife, but um as far as we know, he threw out like all of her belongings and stuff. So the kids actually went and bought women's clothing and bought dresses for her to wear. Um so when she got home, there were things in the closet. So it was like she was there, but the clothes didn't even fit her. So Dean made up some story about her being fat and hunchback and oh she also was in the navy and she dove at night for oysters yes what is that all about why diving at night for oysters none of the things he told her really would make sense but i think that that goes back to the point that she has a head injury yeah and probably couldn't really keep things straight in fact after the first day of her just like being home and trying to do all the chores herself and trying to somehow also remember anything she actually went into a little bit of a state of shock yeah that the boys found her when they they were home Mm -hmm. yeah she yeah she was a little bit catatonic and uh 
uh, Dean, the way of helping her, Dean just threw her in water, which I would think would have, like, really freaked her out since she almost drowned. Maybe he was trying to give her her memories back, and it was cold water, it was hot water. If you go in hot water, you get your memories back. If you go in cold water, you lose your memories. <laughs> well, it was cold water because it was a barrel of water on his front porch. So Yeah, which I'm is pretty why sure is there is. a barrel of water on the front porch? I don't know. I don't know. I, I think the only positive that Joanna really had was they had two very cute dogs. But besides yes. that, I mean, <laughs> nothing else was good. Um, Yeah, so the... It just goes on this way for for two months. And she does form a bond with the kids because she believes that they are hers. Mm -hmm. She does start to form a bond with Dean because she believes that they had this bond before. And this was this is her husband. Yeah. So she's looking for what she would have seen in him in the first place. It's it's you know, she's looking for anything. So if she she believes that she fell in love with him then you would look for whatever that there is that you would have fallen in love with. So it's a, it's a very yeah. quick romance we have with these two, and it's not true. <laughs> I don't think it can be based in any real truth from her yeah. part. Yeah, and of course, while, while they're doing this, um, Dean is working with Billy, like I had mentioned, to start a miniature golf course. Right. Uh they're having problems coming up with ideas for the miniature golf course. Uh, I'm going to call her Joanna. I'm sorry. It's very difficult for me to call her Annie because I know that's not her name. <laughs> but Joanna uh, is the one that comes up with the idea of doing like the seven, seven wonders of the world situation where you know they have all these things from around the world. And she doesn't realize it, but those are things that came from her own memory. And so she even draws all the artwork and the conceptual uh, drawings for this miniature golf place. So when Dean goes to meet with investors, he's actually bringing the conceptual drawings, the concept drawings that uh, Joanna created. Um, You know, there wasn't a lot in the documentary, but just knowing uh, Dean and Billy, I honestly still do not understand how they got investors to give them money. No, this doesn't seem even like a unique idea, like with the theme of no. the 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 mini golf. Like, I think one of their first ideas was like having it based on different breweries. And I thought even that is like, I've never seen that before, but I've seen lots of mini golf courses based on like landmarks around the world. Well, also, when did Mount Rushmore become a wonder of the world? Yeah. Yeah, true. I I mean, I guess you have to have more than just the wonders of the world, right? Because you have to have like 18 holes or something. Oh, it's true. <laughs> I just stopped making them up after a while. And, uh... <laughs> and Mount Rushmore. <laughs> sure. It's a natural um, wonder. I mean, those rocks formed like that. It's a miracle. Yeah. Uh, so in any at any point, Dean really could have told Joanna what was happening, but he chose not to. Um, and I, you know, he had someone at home taking care of his kids and him and his house. So, yeah, he had a slave. Yeah, he had a slave. Yeah, he referred to her as a slave at least a couple of times as well. Oh. Mm-hmm. 
So he was well aware of what he was doing. Yep. Um, so we do have a situation where, like, finally, the it's coming to fruition, this little miniature golf place. And uh, Dean feels the need to... He wants to tell uh, Joanna the truth, but he couldn't bring himself to do it. And she ends up finding a pair of her own underwear in his truck, but she doesn't know that it's hers because uh, this underwear is normal human person size. And, you know, she just thought she had been a big person, I guess, before amnesia. <laughs> so. Also, in this documentary, the amount of handling of this underwear was kind of freaking mm. me out a bit. Just everyone was handling this underwear. People were wiping their faces with it, and then they were giving it to yeah. other people, and then they were going to still use it. And I was just like, no, no, I can't handle this. It's making me very anxious. Don't uh, yeah. forget that the, the cop at the hospital uh, definitely got his hands on it for a while. Ooh. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone's touched this. So Joanna assumes that Dean is having an affair um, and she like really actually goes to him in the calmest way I've ever heard of anyone talking to somebody about an affair. <laughs> I think by this point she was so battered, beaten, you know, yes. beaten down. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I mean, we can talk about Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> like, I think she's, yeah, like, I just think at this point she's just completely worn down. Yeah, and I think she just—I uh, yeah. think she deserves crap, and you know, because why yeah, wouldn't she? Made her feel bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, um, so a lot of people, like especially in a lower socioeconomic status, have uh, like less uh, f- less ability to escape these situations because what's she gonna do? She has no money. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. She has no support. She is a slave. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he he kidnapped her as one and then treats her as one. I mean, yeah. there's no difference. Um, so she does confront him. He decides this is the, the right time to go ahead and just say everything that, you know, the whole truth. He tries to get the kids involved and say, okay, you know, let her know, you know, this is your, she's not really your mom. The kids who poor kids again, has not had anyone even at home with them for years, seemingly. Mm. Um, has finally had someone who cares about them, who actually like reprimands them when they need to be, you know, guides them where they need to be, is teaching the little one uh, how to read. Mm-hmm. They do not want her to go, so they do, they decide they're not going to go along with their dad this time and um, not tell her the truth. And even Billy, who is Dean's friend, lies on his behalf. Yeah, I don't like his... Re- I mean, these kids, I completely understand where they're coming from. Yeah. They have a mum. They want to keep this mum around. You know, they've grown to care for they her. They want to have a her. parent. They want to have a yeah, yeah. at least one parent and not a, a pal. Um, Billy basically lies because he believed at this point that um, her and Dean belong together. And yes. that's just creepy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so Billy said that that was his. He he had um, actually was the one who had an affair. And uh, so, you know, please don't tell anybody. But, you know, that, that was the excuse he made on Dean's behalf. So, again, Joanna now is happy with Dean again because she, she knows the affair wasn't real. Little does she know, none of this is real. And so. she's starting to have feelings <laughs> for him by this point as well, which is... And I think as well, what, what's one of the things that's warmed... 
um, her to the children is that she has kind of really, you know, stood up for them and to the teacher and said that they are, you know, they are clever and they can, you know, they they are good kids. And they probably never heard that before, because if you never hear that, then you're going to play up. I I had a lot of questions about this school as well. Uh, Not only did the teacher not notice that they um, had severe, like, uh, a reaction to some poison, uh, I oak, um... Also, uh, for some reason, all these kids of varying ages were in one classroom. Yeah. Yeah. So I had thought about that, too. So I had looked into it and what it was, was they were all there to take a standardized test to see where they were going to fit into classrooms. Because this seemingly was after she, I mean, well, it was, it was after she had done the home visit, but it was before or as they were about to start school. So they had not started at that school oh, yet. Oh, okay. So they so, all had to take a test. What about the former school? Were they, were they not in school? Like, before moving yeah. here? Don't they, aren't I don't they think they've been in school for like three I, I think years since the That's the thing. I think they were homes, oh. they were quote unquote homeschooled by Dean. Yeah. And this was the Yikes. first time they were going back to school. So they had to do a placement exam. Oof. Uh, so they were all there because I, I also was very confused watching the documentary so I had to really do some research as to why they would all be in the same classroom so it was they were physically in the same room but they were just there to take this test uh. although I will say when I moved from California to Florida I also had to take a, a placement test oh. um yeah, even though my my grades and everything transferred, and I will say that California definitely the education system was a lot further along than Florida. <laughs> uh, so, um, uh, yeah, to the point that I was taking high school courses and then also going back to the middle school to take my regular classes. So, um, but when I had to take a placement test, and my brother um, had to take a placement test, my younger brother was like. He was like three when we moved, but my, my other brother's two years younger than me. So we were going to the same school. So we both had to take a placement exam. They did not put us in the same room. <laughs> we had two different times set up to take placement tests. We had to go and we got set, you know, put into a room by ourselves to take placement tests. Oh, you didn't do a family placement test? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but again, this is a little tiny area in Oregon. So who knows? Um, but yeah, so that's why they were there. And yes, the principal did not notice at all this the that they had poison oak all over their bodies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Joanna asserted herself as their mother, yelled at the principal, and took them out of school. I'm hoping she eventually brought them back and just did not decide to homeschool them. Yeah. yeah. We don't we don't know that as far I couldn't find anything if they ended up going back to school or not, but like it's like I think that homeschool has proven to not be good for these boys. <laughs> that hasn't been hasn't one been of the boys was, not to be good uh, for anyone. Yeah, one of the boys was addicted to um, porn as well, we found out at this point, and the oldest boy was yeah. mm-hmm. kind of addicted to pornography at this point, which is very sad. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, it was like the only thing he was reading. Uh yeah, so they, again, this was before, you know, they had uh, classes online or anything like this. They really were doing nothing at home, except running around. Um, so, so yeah, so they, they, there was all these things where she really was becoming a full member of this family. So, of course, these kids did not want her to leave. Um, Dean 
in his own way, did not want her to leave either. He, I liked, really, really liked having a servant. So it was that. Now, here's where I just could not wrap my head around what was going on. Uh, out of all mm. of this whole crime, this is where I was very, I was very much struggling. He bought her a new washer and he also bought her a wedding ring. Mm. How? With what money? Where was this money coming from for any of these new things? I, this was yeah. before the, they opened the miniature golf location. Yeah. I mean... Well, I also assume most of uh, his money is just going towards beer. So... Uh, uh, yeah, I don't think there's a mortgage on this shack. Uh, no. So, I don't know really what money's being spent on otherwise. Do we know? He, do we know he bought them and he didn't steal them? I mean, just that's say. true. That's oh, yeah, I don't true. know. Yeah, I'm not sure, but that that was really because. Uh, okay, he's working on the miniature golf thing. He's a carpenter. He's working at night, uh, and you know, yeah, he has gone out. I mean, he has a lot more beer at the house, but he has gone out with his friends, you know, every once in a while. But really, when he leaves at night, he's actually working. Yeah. So he's not going out like all the time. So I really, I, I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know where the money is going, where it's coming from. I don't know what's happening. I just, yeah. financially, I was just very, like, confused. Yeah, there's a lot of questions. A lot of questions. Yeah. So, out of this whole time, the only one that has been looking for Joanna is her uh, mother, Edith. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, who also has a very cute dog. Yes. Uh, so... <laughs> nope. Uh, so this is, uh, Edith tells Grant that if she does not, she hasn't talked to her daughter in two months at this point. If she does not physically see her daughter, um, that she's going to, I guess, uh, you know, cut him off, call the police. She's going to get all kinds of people involved. Um, I'm not sure why it took two months, but. Yeah, Given this, I, yeah I mean, it should have happened before this, but. Wealthy people disappearing on a boat. I mean, it's happened before. Yep. Yeah. Far too many times. Yeah, so um, at this point, Grant realizes he's got to bring Joanna home. And so he ends up going to see Dean, because he knows she's no longer at the hospital. Um, but, you know, he goes to see Dean and take Joanna well, I'm back. guessing the hospital put him in touch yeah, with... Yeah, must have put him in contact yeah. with him. Um, which... You would think as well the they'd call the police. Like, Whoopsie. Yeah, yeah, you would have think the hospital would have called the police and been like, "Oh crap, uh, <laughs> maybe we should let." Yeah, them but I, I think there was. I think there's other things going on in that hospital, so they didn't want any police uh, over there or something. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so he goes, and the moment that Joanna sees Grant is when her memories just kind of rush back. Yeah. And uh, she is not happy. And what's interesting about Joanna is it's not, I mean, she's angry, but, but really the emotion she, she seems to feel, feel the most is sadness. Mm. She's sad. Yeah. Um, the kids are devastated. The kids are, yes. This is like losing a mom all over again for them. Yeah. Ugh, it's heartbreaking. I think the kids are as much a victim as Joanna. Oh, yes. Mm, Devil. Devil. Yeah. 
Yeah, so she goes back to um, her life of living on the yacht and she starts to feel like she's not fitting in there. Edith, her mother, does not feel like she's fitting in there. (laughs) Grant definitely does not feel like she's fitting in there. Um, And they're all just very uncomfortable with each other. She had like, it like was much more open and friendly to the staff and, you know, mm-hmm. um, I think Andrew the butler spoke about afterwards that she sort of came back like a different person. It's kind of crazy, like yeah. she was there for two months and just how much it changed her, you know. Oh. Yeah, but the, the living day in and day out like that, you know, mm-hmm. a prisoner like that can change you. <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah. Um, and she actually does take the time, and this is... Uh, this is, uh, when I was watching the documentary, this part was very touching. She actually takes the time to apologize to Andrew for the behavior she's had all those years. Yeah. Um, and you can tell that it, it really touched him as well. Yeah, he seemed like taken aback because this is not something she yeah. would have done. In fact, yeah, in fact, it, it made him, you know, grateful for what he had, but at the same time, he, he ends up quitting. Mm-hmm. you know after this um so this is where this crime takes a turn <laughs> so, yeah so first of all dean is never arrested or looked into i i think that's more due to grant not trying to press charges yeah um because right, let's just I, keep this quiet yeah mm-hmm. yeah um and they have the money to do so. Well, I think as well, there we would have been that, questions if Grant, if they started bringing exactly. everything out, there would have been questions as to why like, the hospital would have been like, well, hey, you came here two months ago and said that you didn't know this woman and now you're back saying, where is she? Like, what the hell? Yeah, and so that's, that's we do learn, um, actually Joanna learns because Grant is an idiot and can't keep his mouth shut. Um, she does learn that Grant had went to go see her and left her at that hospital. Yeah. So, um, that's all her money, not his. And I think she, it just all kind of hit her at that point. Um, and that she realized she wanted to live with the kids. I think it's really the case. I don't think it's so much about Dean. Dean, Yeah. She says it's about Dean, but I think it was about the kids. Yeah. I have to think it was about the kids because otherwise... This is this is Stockholm syndrome. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's both. It's both. Yeah. Yeah. So she goes and um, she decides she's going to go after Dean and the kids. And at the same time, Dean and the kids are looking for her as well. Now they have now I, taken control of a Coast Guard boat. Yeah, I, I, I get from her going after him. She was the one who was wronged. I don't get what Dean possibly thinks he's going to... I mean, the kids, they're kids. I don't get what he possibly thinks he's going to do when he wronged and kidnapped this woman. And then be like, oh, but I actually love you. I demand you come back with me. No. (laughs) (laughs) It is a wild, wild... I mean, this guy is a straight-up monster. Yes, I'm going to try to guilt. I'm going to try to guilt you into becoming a class traitor. Oh, it's yeah. crazy. But guys, it does all work out in the end. <laughs> does it? Yeah. Uh, now, D- Dean and Joanna do end up in a relationship. They do move forward with their lives together. Mm-hmm. 
have, have more kids. Um, they, yeah, they at least wanted more kids. I, I couldn't find where she ended up having any kids, but, um, they did actually, they did end up wanting more children. So, although I would sh- kill myself. So that's, that's fine, <laughs> Joanna. It's fine. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing it's her money so she, they can afford somewhere better to live and everything. I, I would hope I mean, so. <laughs> I think she's not so enamored. If they did not with move that, out that of the house. <laughs> Yeah, then yeah, that's worrying. <laughs> Be like, no, we I have mean, to stay living in like... where we have all these great memories. <laughs> yeah, you know where you kidnapped me and made me your slave. That hut. So yeah, um, yeah. So that is like the crazy case of kidnapping uh, by Dean Prophet. Dean Prophet. Yeah, yeah. This guy, mm-hmm. and he never really got held accountable for any of it. No, no, no. To me, it was very much, it reminded me of the Lucy Moderat's case that we Yes, covered. yes. So, very similar. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not not the same. She didn't kidnap anybody, but no. definitely lying, manipulation, she would have. that kind of stuff. <laughs> she could have wheeled him out of that hospital. <laughs> she would have, come on. <laughs> she didn't have sex with her victim either. Yeah. <laughs> No, just his brother. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. She she got her way into that family though. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> so we don't I mean after after that case was covered, I think the the media kind of let it drop because uh they looked at it as okay, what crime happened? It's like, well, kidnapping, but okay. Um, she's not going to press any charges they, now. So. She's she never pressed charges, and mm. Grant. I, I mean, obviously, he couldn't go back and press charges at this point. So, um, I also the, think it, it's one of those things that's so problematic. I think no one really wants to talk about it because exactly just yeah. problematic in every way, yeah. shape, and form. Yeah. So, so I wonder, there is like, no they update. ended up together. They got married and everything. If people. I'm like, so how did you guys meet? Oh, God. Uh, yeah, you've got to just come up with a story at that point. I um, wonder also so if he still called her Annie. Oh. Oh, I would hope not. I can't even oh. call her Annie. No, mm. that's her slave name. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> 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 it's very upsetting. Oh, my God. So, Tammy, uh, I know that you said that you'd seen and heard about this story, like, a ton as a kid. Yeah, yeah, I heard a lot. And, you know, and maybe it was because, like, in it's it's really the Pacific Northwest, and, like, I'm, I'm from California, so it's just that coastline, so sometimes we'd hear crazy stories from other states, mm. so. And I think I, like, uh, saw this documentary, I think I saw it at school, which is weird. uh, (laughs) what were you studying at the time (laughs) I think we were studying uh, the teacher wanted an afternoon off and just stuck a you know something on for us to watch wow and that was it yeah I think that's what it was (laughs) that's that's how I learned uh, about the documentary the five heartbeats nice (laughs) that's also how I I learned about the documentary Willow because I want to say that like I mean, because I did it, the documentary aired a lot when I was a kid, so it was on TV a lot. Because um, the case was just so intriguing to people at the time. Uh, but I think it was a little bit more of an edited down version. So mm. I want to say maybe I you know it's been so long, but I want to say like one of the scenes maybe that had um, gotten edited out uh, 
was a, a point in the case where um, Dean has her sleep on the couch. And in the documentary, again, I don't know. I, I couldn't find anything in like any of the actual like a uh, court case or there was no court case. Sorry. In the police records on this, but uh, in the documentary, they made it seem like Dean uh got a little like he was going to be a little handsy with mm, it. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I don't ever remember seeing that in the original documentary. So I, I feel like, uh, but again, this was so long ago, you know, so I, I don't remember um, if maybe that was edited out for the TV viewing audience. Mm. But um, yeah, but there, yeah. Um, I remember uh, seeing the imageries of the images of the uh, miniature golf place. Uh, I remember wanting to go there when I was a kid, but my parents said we were not going to drive up to Oregon, so <laughs> that was not happening. <laughs> um, so as far as where you don't want to be now, giving this guy your money either, Tammy. That's true. Well, as a kid, I I didn't know any better. But uh, so as far as where are they now, there are not a lot of updates because once they, you know, they decided to get married, and Joanna has a lot of money, she kind of was able to make everything kind of go away. Yeah, I think she's paid a, a lot of money to keep this quiet. <laughs> yeah, you know. So the only documentary I watched about it was um, came. It was a a documentary called Overboard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, they've tried to retell this uh, case in other forms. There was a, another Overboard documentary that came out recently, but I did not watch that. I just feel like, you know, once you know the story, there's not really a lot to have to... <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah, yeah exactly. You know, re, re reimagine there. It's, it's pretty like, cut. It's the cases. The facts are pretty cut and dry. There's, exactly. You know. Um, but yeah, that was the main thing that I saw. I, I didn't find a whole lot more um, out there about this case, which which makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, I think. And anything else about this case before we go into our next segment? Uh, I don't think so. I hope all everyone is doing well now. Whatever they're doing. <laughs> I hope the children are doing well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I hope the yeah, children are doing well. I, I, yeah, uh... And Andrew the butler, although I'm sure he's he's passed away now. Yeah, so, so me and a lot of those kids were about... Because I would have been nine when this, this case uh, came out. Well, when the original documentary came out. So I was like nine, almost ten. Yeah. And so, you know, I definitely was the same age as these kids. So, like, thinking, like, these kids are now grown adults in their late 30s, early 40s. What if they changed their identity? It got covered up and they changed their identities. And then one day, your husband Dan says to you, Hey, Tommy, did I ever tell you about when I was a kid and we had this wacky scheme with my dad? And you're like, What? (laughs) Okay. This is not, like hilarious funny but dan's father i mean he's he's passed now but uh was a widow <laughs> so, wow was a single dad dan used to believe that he was Wee herman <laughs> <laughs> i mean he did like Wee herman because everybody did but <laughs> so, i think tammy might have married married into the prophet family <laughs> what happened to all that money <laughs> yeah really you kept the cute yeah. dogs though so 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we always have cute dogs. That's that's the, the one trait that <laughs> trickles down from generation <laughs> to generation. <laughs> no money, just cute dogs. Yeah. So that's kind of funny that you say that, Claire. And um, I'm trying to think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because Dan's dad was a widow from the time Dan was like five. Mm. So. Yeah, he really is Joey Proper. Yeah, he he never remarried, um, and as far as I know, didn't have any slaves. So, (laughs) (laughs) okay, so let's get to our next segment: judge, Judge, jury, jury, and executioner. Hmm, why is it called that? (laughs) Oh, great question! Great question. Um, A lot of people have been very confused by this. It's called judge, Judge, jury, jury, and executioner. Even though we do not have a jury or an executioner. Um, why? Because it's a better name for the segment. A lot of people are still very confused. I, I don't quite understand. We're, we're, we've been in this podcast for a while now, guys. Um, we've been in this business gotta, for a long time. I, we, you, everyone needs to pay attention. Um, and <laughs> this, is, this is why we don't have guests on the podcast. is We don't want riffraff that can't even understand this very simple <laughs> premise. Uh, we, have a, we have a prosecutor, we have a defense, and we have a judge. But guess what? Prosecutor, defense, judge is not a great title for a segment. No. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. You can't build a podcast empire on a prosecutor <laughs> defense judge. Gross. Yeah, it's bullshit. True. It's bullshit. Listen, uh, marketing is important, okay? It's important. We may not like it, but that's the world we live in. You can't just, like, uh, call something what it is just because that's what it is. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I wish I wish we could live in a world of such pure ideological uh, <laughs> honesty that we could say, Welcome to everyone's favorite segment, uh, Prosecutor Defense Judge. <laughs> but we don't just live in that work. world. We don't no. live in that world. We no. have to be, listen... Much as much as we have to secure justice, uh, we also must be realistic. And realistically, it's a better title. So we will have a judge, we will have a prosecutor, we will have a defense. We will not have an executioner. Please, all you bloodthirsty monsters out there that, want, that want there to be an executioner for our podcast? No. Uh, the death penalty <laughs> mm-hmm. is inherently immorally wrong, yes. and if you support it, you're a loathsome piece of shit. No. <laughs> that said, and we welcome you to write in our jury. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but we won't. We won't read your uh, <laughs> your thoughts on the air. So I no, don't. You know, correct. whatever. But you, no. you write us. I should mention that one of our listeners, Chris, when we did mention we were covering this case. Did write on our um, on our Facebook group that he remembers this case well, and I think he said something like it was one of the darkest cases of the time. Yeah, I totally yeah. agree. Huh? 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 So we do read your comments, guys. Huh? Uh, well, not all the time, but sure. Yeah, sure. M- most of the time. Uh, all right. So uh, this week, as judge, it will be Claire. Yay! Judge me. Um, judge I- you. <laughs> <laughs> I will be prosecuting and Tammy will be defense. (sighs) Welcome to my courtroom, guys. Have a biscuit. Oh. (laughs) I know. (laughs) A high-end courtroom. Yeah, they're just rich tea. They're nothing fancy, I'm afraid. Uh, So, uh, 
Prosecution, you are going to go first, as always. And I would like you to tell me uh, what you are, what charges you are going to put against uh, against uh, the defendants, uh, because this is the oh. the podcast versus Dean Profit. That's my gavel. There's a lot of charges here. We could really throw the whole book at uh, Dean Profit, uh, but I'm going to try to limit this to as few charges as I can because I feel this is a pretty airtight case. Um, the uh, the first charge uh, I have against him is, of course, uh, the kidnapping of Joanna Staten. Um, also, of uh, child neglect and abuse. Ooh, okay. I... I am going to avoid charging him uh, with sexual assault, um, though I definitely think a strong case can be made. Mm-hmm, um, okay. So th- those are the, those are the charges I'm going with. There are a litany of other charges, uh, but uh, for the sake of, of time, uh, the, I think those are the major charges that we're going with today. Okay. Um, defense, what is your opening statement, please? All right, so I just want to make sure uh, for my, my own personal records, the charges are kidnapping of Joanna Staten and child neglect and abuse. Yes. Uh, so, uh, just, <laughs> you know, guys, uh, just a, some personal history here, if I, if I might share with the court. Uh, as a court-appointed lawyer, I do not get to always choose what cases I take. And that happened today. I did not get to choose Dean Prophet to uh, to be the defense for him. But after talking with him and meeting with him, man, you guys really should get to know him. He's a sweet guy. Ooh. He can be very romantic. Relevance. Defense. Why are you currently fanning yourself with uh, that that folder while talking about Dean Prophet? <laughs> I'm just saying that if you guys got to know him and and we'll talk more about, you know, where these charges are going and what's true, what's not true, whose story to believe. <laughs> I just think there's a lot of questions. And can you really charge him? <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I feel like there's some some doubt that that really I, I can shed some light on as we go through this case, because he's. He's a great guy. I don't, I don't know what the problem is. I don't know why we're here. You know, I think that uh, no one was really hurt during uh, the kidnapping. Uh, child neglect we can talk about. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, jo- <laughs> but Joanna and, uh, you know, Joanna and Dean, they've lived a really happy life. Uh, you know, so so can we say that... This is this is really a this this is honestly like a victimless crime and so I, I don't know guys <laughs> now now that I've got to sit with this case even though I didn't want it at fucking all <laughs> then, uh, you know I, I feel like we can come to some arrangements that's all I'm saying Ooh. without having to actually actually prosecute him uh, what kind of arrangements are you talking about defense. <laughs> Well, get your mind out of the gutter, Judge. Unless you would like us all to be in the gutter with you, then, you know, whatever you want, Judge. Whatever you want. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, I I think um, I think kidnapping should be off the table completely. <laughs> and then maybe, maybe we can look at child neglect and abuse. But I really think the, uh, the charge of kidnapping should be dropped. Uh, so. Okay. 
Uh, I think we're putting sexual assault back on the table. <laughs> prosecution, no, no, would no, you? No, uh, no, <laughs> prosecution, would you like to explain um, uh, what you think about uh, <laughs> kidnapping being taken off the table? I what think are your thoughts it's on this? Absolutely ludicrous. Uh, this woman uh, suffered. A serious head injury. Uh, had amnesia. Just, just, to, just to clarify, you're talking about uh, Joanna and not the defense right now, yeah? <laughs> At the moment, correct. <laughs> I can't speak towards the defense's uh, um, health, uh, mental health, or clarity of thought, <laughs> or, or even line of thought of uh, questioning here. Uh, but, uh, yes. Uh, Joanna, she suffered a, a serious uh, brain injury. She had amnesia. Uh, then this criminal uh, kidnapped her, uh, claimed that she was uh, his wife, the mother of his children, and forced her into slave labor for two months. We've already established yep. that the $600 that he claimed he was trying to recoup which is absolutely no excuse for kidnapping and making someone a slave. I just want to stay for the record. Uh, this, this period of time more than covers his perceived uh, um, uh, slight. And again, we as we stated before, uh, that was a, a bigger problem with the uh, lack of a contract than anything. Uh, so I don't think there's any room to take kidnapping off the table. And again, though... I, I originally was for taking sexual assault off the table. Um, I will state that while he was he had lied to her, uh, they did eventually have sex with him uh, while she was under the delusion that this was her husband, uh, which is incredibly questionable at the least. Mm-hmm. So would you be uh, would you clarify uh, if you are bringing about charges of uh, sexual assault? I, I mean, I, I'm not going to bring those charges, but I'm certainly not taking kidnapping off the table. <laughs> I've taken sexual assault off of the table, which I think is possibly a step too far even. Uh, but that's as far as I'm willing to go. <laughs> and child abuse and neglect, as we've said, is blatantly obvious. <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, defense. Uh, I would ask you to stop uh, winking and licking your lips at the uh, the uh, accused and uh, tell me <laughs> why you uh, you think that uh, uh, the Dean Prophet is innocent of these crimes. So uh, first, I do want to say that um, there is no current record of Dean Prophet being a criminal. So I cannot believe that the prosecution would even say that. That is libel um and slanderous so shut your mouth brad <laughs> you cannot call my co- my client a criminal when he hasn't been charged with anything uh, he's been so charged with this, kidnapping and oh sorry he hasn't been convicted of anything okay. <laughs> he's been convicted of anything um, i'm sorry I, I thought we were counting fashion crimes I that <laughs> he's, de- he's definitely been convicted charged and convicted oh, of fashion well. crimes as, as, on this case as has people know, <laughs> As people know, this is also a fashion court, and I hold fashion uh, in very high regard, and uh, yeah, I will not have fashion crimes in this court, so I've already convicted him of that. Well, now we well, will find out if he's going to be his... convicted of the lesser crime of kidnapping. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I feel like Joanna also should be charged with some fashion crimes as well. Um, the crime of, uh, and- of fashion crimes includes uh, the charges against the whole family, the whole profit family, yeah, which seriously. now includes her, whole- so it's fine. And and actually, even Joanna's mom should have been, <laughs> Edith, should be charged with some fashion crimes. There's not crimes. enough hours it, um, available for <laughs> podcasting about fashion crimes. <laughs> All right. So, um... But yes, so I will say we should go back and look at the Lucy Moderates case uh, where the um, actually the prosecution was defending Lucy Moderates at that, at that time <laughs> and, <laughs> and made a very strong case uh, toward the fact that as there was no formal charges by the people actually involved, meaning Lucy and... Uh, her her husband, whose name I can't remember right now, uh, Jack. Um, Jack, or any member of that family, that it was a victimless crime and you can't prosecute something on that that's a victimless crime. Um, can I just ask, Granted, what was the that, verdict on that trial? <laughs> well, I will say that the judge at the time must have been drinking. <laughs> A.K.A. that judge was me. <laughs> so, <laughs> And it's also why I am no longer a judge. I was a terrible judge. That's right. Because <laughs> that's why I have been put into place. The best judge. <laughs> exactly. So as a better judge. judge, I would say that for that case, you need to overturn that verdict, judge. Um, although please, you were the prosecution, please so... <laughs> please write in your appeals for Lucy Moderats. Mm. Although, <laughs> Claire, you were the prosecutor, so I don't know if you actually want to overturn that or not, <laughs> <Yeah>. but... <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll consider it. <laughs> but, you know, going back and, and re-listening to it a, as a lawyer versus a terrible judge that I was, um, I think that that is true. I think that that was a victimless crime. I think in this case, yes, she suffered a head injury, she had amnesia, she lived with this family for two months, but at the end of the day... Joanna was happy. That's where she went back to. She had the option to stay away and live with her riches and really divorce Grant because, let's be clear, I really feel like Grant should be on fucking trial here. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, she had all those options and instead she returned to the man that she loved, which was Dean Prophet, the children and family she loved, which was terrible children, but they were (laughs) still kids. So... I just personally do not like children. So, um, so I, I say that uh, that's really why I think kidnapping should be off the table. I think, you know, she didn't charge him with kidnapping. Why should we charge him with kidnapping to the, um, uh, the, the case of, of child neglect and abuse, you know, ch- even though I don't like kids, I do feel like they cannot fend for themselves. Uh, Oh, geez. Um, so I, I'm the, the only thought that I had, um, as far as defending, I can't, I, you know, I can't, I can't defend child abuse. I'm sorry. I really like the, the only thoughts I had were that, you know, he was depressed. He obviously was not getting help for that. Um, and if you had the only medical facility that you knew of in your town mm-hmm. was as terrible as the one they had, probably not the place to try and get help for that. Um, really the the defense i i have is that he was in a depressed state and and just kind of didn't couldn't function properly anyway to take care of the kids 
But at that point, I do think that if anybody should have stepped in, it should have been the state should have stepped in to take those kids. And the principal, as terrible as she was, was actually on the right track of getting those kids taken away because there's just definitely, um, I, I mean, the youngest couldn't couldn't read and that is youngest thought he and was they Pee-wee lived Herman. in squalor it was yeah he also thought it was Pee-wee. well he was i mean i i give him that he was a kid but um you know he couldn't read they lived in squalor they were disgusting um <laughs> i'd say those kids were disgusting but those kids were disgusting <laughs> so oh, agree agree we the court agrees yeah yeah yes. i can't we'll take I, the well. yeah so so as much as I would like uh, to be able to defend just because he, um, you know, he lost his wife and they, he definitely had some grief that he was going through. Uh, the fact that he did not reach out to get help um, and then nobody within the state or even friends that he was around never uh, pointed out that he should be getting help, like. There, there's just no excuse for three years to have gone by and and those kids to have lived that way um but yeah so so i to me i i really i can't defend uh, child abuse and neglect but kidnapping definitely i can defend <laughs> that. well thank you very much um prosecution um, I'm glad we can all agree that it's not the children's <laughs> fault that they're gross and disgusting it was uh the uh, negligent and abusive parenting um um, I don't understand why we can't agree that the victim of kidnapping, um, because uh, she's everything worked out for her in the end, um, a crime. We're trying to say that a crime wasn't committed uh, because a crime was clearly committed. Uh, she was a slave for for two months, and can I point out uh, the biggest problem with this? Her, she wasn't. She her choices were removed from her. Um, yes, she may in the end have decided to stay with this family. Uh, but that's there's also uh, a bit of a Stockholm scenario situation going on here. Uh, she was forced into this situation, and while it may have worked out for her, her decisions, her ability to make choices for herself, uh, were taken away. And that's that's the main problem here. Uh, you can't kidnap someone and force them uh, to live as you want because you want revenge because you didn't get paid. Like, no, no. I, it's wonderful that in the end uh, this worked out and uh, most parties were happy, but that doesn't mean a crime uh, didn't occur and um, doesn't mean that we we can just ignore crime. We can't we can't have people doing this. We can't set a precedent <laughs> that this is allowable. Um, can I point out Early in the documentary, uh, we see Joanna, and she's uh, um, she's wearing a robe with like a military style epaulets, mm-hmm. um, cle- <laughs> in clear uh, uh, um, sort of a navy cosplay. What she's doing is she's enjoying um, everyone's favorite um, activity of stolen valor. <laughs> but then. Then Dean Prophet lies to her and says she was part of the Navy. He he forces stolen valor upon her and takes <laughs> away her ability to enjoy the wonderful act of stolen valor. <laughs> that is criminal. You can't just take away someone's ability to enjoy stolen valor. Also, we, as we've established, she has been convicted of fashion crimes. Um, that that road being uh, strong evidence for that case. I- Strong disagreement. Strong disagreement. 
<laughs> was it a robe or was it a towel? Who knows? Was it fun? Was it fun? was it cosplay? Yes. Who knows? Was it stolen valor? Absolutely. Everyone should have the right to enjoy stolen valor. Uh, this monster, this uh, noted <laughs> child abuser, took that away from her, and that's criminal. Okay. Um. Uh, defense. Do you have a closing statement? Oh, sure. Um, you know, if you guys just got to know Dean, he's a real sweetheart, <laughs> real romantic, just real nice. I mean, he stop, bought her stop a washer. kisses at the defendant. <laughs> <laughs> bought her a washer, bought her a ring. I'm not sure where he got the money. I, I mean, look, if Grant were on trial, I actually would say that Grant was like floating him money because he did not want Joanna back. <laughs> because I don't know where else the fuck he got that money from. Mm. But, uh, you know, just just wanted... He was just happy to have a family again. He was, uh, you know, and and Joanna was happy to be with him. Not only was she just happy to be back with Dean, but she wants to grow a family with Dean. More than the 400 children that they have already. <laughs> I guess it's just four, but it feel, felt like 400 as I was watching it. Um, so I know we, we say potential Stockholm Syndrome, but it, it's not even that she just allied herself with Dean. She has now uh, taken him in to her wealth and become part of her family and wants to continue raising a family. I still say they're really... There's, there's no victims here, only winners. So... <laughs> I don't, I don't know what we're doing in this court today. <laughs> Other than child abuse and neglect. Okay, I get that. I get it. So. Okay, and uh, prosecution, do you have any final words? <laughs> yes. Uh, obviously, we all agree there's child abuse and neglect. There's also kidnapping. He lied to this woman, <laughs> told her that she was his wife, the mother of his children, made her a slave for two months while she was still recovering from a massive head injury. Um, that is reckless. Uh, that is dangerous. She could have died. Uh, this is no way to treat a human being. You can't just tell someone um, that's uh, suffered amnesia uh, that they are your wife and claim them and have them uh, do uh, chores for two months. No, you can't do that. I Yeah, it worked out. Great. Glad it somehow worked out. Great. Wonderful. But it's still a crime. And if we ignore this crime, uh, it's only going to embolden people to take away other people's right to commit stolen valor. <laughs> <laughs> did you just turn your kidnapping case into a stolen valor case? I just yeah, want, I'm just did. I'm not to... turning it into it. I'm just saying it is a major point. <laughs> you can't ignore that he took away her ability to commit stolen valor. Okay. The most fun crime of all crimes. <laughs> Which I, I think uh, we can also, um, I think we should also at some point have a case on whether it's really a crime or just a great way to spend some time. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a fun weekend. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I've got a, a lot to think about. Um, thank you very much, courtroom. I'm going to uh, just go to my, my chambers and have a little think and eat some biscuits about this. Uh, so uh, please talk amongst yourselves. I like that this court has a lot of biscuits. I'd like to That's come back sad. to this court again. <laughs> this is... It has tea as well, because this is a British court. Mm. So, you know, I'm British. We drink tea. Nice, nice. 
Oh, uh, so, hey, it's me. I'm the court reporter now. <laughs> Brad, what do you think you did? <laughs> uh, I think this is a pretty. I think this is a pretty strong case. Uh, this guy's a monster. He's got. He has. I charges have to be held against him. I. He can't just get away with this. No. Okay. Okay. And uh, uh, Tammy, uh, how do you think you did? I mean. I feel like the judge in this case is so much better than the judge in the, in the Lucy Moderat's case. So, you know, she'll, she'll be a lot more fair and understanding, um, than that, that judge ever was. What a crazy judge that was. So, um, you know, and if you guys just got to know Dean, you'd understand the love that he and Joanna share is, is beautiful. So, I don't know. I, th- I, I did my best and, you know, child neglect is child neglect, so we can't do anything about that. But <laughs> any anymore, now they have all the money, so the, you know the kids are well taken care of into adulthood. So they're good. But what happened happened in the past, guys. Oh, hey, <laughs> hey, sometimes we just should let the wealthy uh, uh, get away with their crimes. Now, cool, 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 cool. Mm. Okay, uh, now I'm back. I'm the judge. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello, Hi. I've eaten my biscuit and I'm ready to give my verdict. Uh, you could all rise. Thank you very much. <laughs> and so uh, this is a, a difficult case because obviously the uh, you know um, Dean Prophet and Joanna they have ended up and they've had a happy life together. However, however, crimes must be paid for. You cannot get away with doing things and not pay for them. I, I agree with the uh, the prosecution. In terms of child neglect, obviously, there's no question. <laughs> guilty as charged, Dean Prophet, guilty as charged. Um, you know, in terms of kidnapping, uh, I, I was kind of on the fence, I have to say, in regards to this. But then um, the prosecution brought up a very good point, which I agree with, which is that uh, Dean Prophet took away Joanna's uh, choices. Not so much about stolen valor, but he took away her choices. It's <laughs> one of many. It's uh, one of many. You know, yeah, it wasn't many. So you know, uh, sure. Um, but yeah, he took away her choices, and it wasn't that he just kidnapped her. And she knew she was kidnapped, and then he made her do these things. She didn't even know she was kidnapped. Um, in terms of the fact that these two are very, you know, have been very happy together, uh, you know, it, he still has to pay for his crimes. I find, uh, therefore, I find Dean Prophet guilty on all counts. That is my <laughs> verdict. And because I've decided I also have this other power, I award full custody to, of the children to Joanna. Um, you know, if I could go back in time, that's what I would do. <laughs> Which the, I think the kids would be a lot happier that way anyway. Oh, yes. Definitely. Yes. I didn't see anything about this guy being a good father, even after the influence of Joanna. True. Yeah, no, no. Uh, so thank you very much. Um, I'm now going to go back to my chambers. His, he used his kids as con, as a, a con artist, so I I don't... <laughs> it's just really bad. Yeah, no, it's not good. I'm also worried I mean, I'm, I'm about usually... uh, the uh, defense, by the way, and I think um, we need to keep the defense far, far away from Dean Prophet, so maybe locking <laughs> him up will be a good plan. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I usually I, w- I would stand that crimes against the wealthy are not crimes, uh, but mm-hmm. I feel this case is a, a, a real aberration. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, yeah. I, I was, uh, I was thinking about that, but but you did um, an right, excellent so... job, though, though, Tammy. As oh, defense, thank you, I thank you. That was a tough one. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> 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 <All right. laughs> 
And at least you even bothered to defend, unlike in the case of Crash Override and Acid Burn, where I just went... (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so uh, that's that's as much as I'd like to speak about this case. So we're going to go ahead and and talk about um, the next case that we're going to cover, which is... um, it's, we're going to watch a little documentary called Little Shop of Horrors, or at least that's the one I'm going to be watching, about the case of Seymour Krellborn. Mm. Now, the most menacing musical comedy ever to paint the silver screen, Dream, Little Shop of Horrors. Where did you get such a weird plan? You get thrilled to the romance. Will you marry me? Sure. Witness the drama. You'll be a You have a talent I've been saving all month for this. I think I need a root canal. I'm sure I need a long, slow root canal. Feed me, Crabhorn! Feed me now! Savor the spectacle of the first plant in motion picture history ever to sing for its supper. Starring Rick Moranis, Ellen Green, Vincent Gardenia, with a special appearance by Steve Martin. James Belushi, John Candy, Comfy. and Bill Murray. It's your professionalism that I respect. Little Shop of Horrors. Uh, so, Brad, why don't you go ahead and let us know who is going to be judge, judge jury, jury, and executioner next time? This is a dark case, guys. Mm-hmm. So next time for judge, judge jury, jury, and executioner, and executioner. in the podcast versus Seymour Krellborn. As judge, Claire. <gasps> Yay! <laughs> Prosecution, Tammy. Ooh. <laughs> and I'll be defense. Nice. <laughs> yes. This will be a good one. Uh, one. All right. So, um, yeah. So that's uh, th- that is exciting stuff. Uh, I am I am looking forward to to that case uh i i definitely it's like a case like this one that we covered today it's it's one i'm very familiar with so uh i'm looking forward to talking through the case Mm. with you guys and i will also be Uh, we will be recording this one with all of us in the uh florida courthouse yes oh yeah yeah oh yeah so so claire you're gonna have to brush up on your u.s laws yeah Mm. i will i'm gonna watch all the episodes of daredevil um (laughs) to learn how to be a proper lawyer nice nice. alright anything else about this case then guys nope Nope. alright well we're out then till next time bye Bye. Bye. thanks for listening if you want to send us feedback you can contact us via truetruecrime at reactionary-sass.com Join our absolutely true true crime Facebook group and follow us at true true crime on Twitter. Call the SAS line 321-710-4947 and maybe you can help solve a mystery. Our other podcast and individual social media accounts can be found at reactionary-sass.com.